Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Brolison. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack and maybe a bottle of wine and let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down this road I go, but I am going alone, running far, far from home, till I am skin and bone. I was editing last week's, or I guess this week's episode, because it's coming out tomorrow. Um, and like, it doesn't show up on the recording when Zoom says recording in progress. Oh, really? That's so funny. Cause I was like wondering if that did. And then I was going to say for this episode, you should just like open it with like, okay, bitch. Since yeah. you were just like- <laughs> no. And that kind of makes me mad. Cause I want, I want you to, it's like, you know, you want to hear it. Yes, it's funny. Um, but no, it's just for us. She only talks yeah. to us, so it's kind yes. of annoying, but it's fine. Um, I so it's, funny. it's been a week. How are you doing? How yeah, I'm great. Life? I just got I just got back from Wetstock. <laughs> if you want, um, want to know what Wetstock is, <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> it's not dirty. It's a uh, it's a, um, it's a uh I don't even know how to describe it so there's a lot of boats it's like a sandbar Sunday type of situation huh. and um there's like one location that has music playing mm. like bands and then everybody takes their boats out and it's this place called picnic island there's lots of boats there me and my friend paddled over there um I went with my two girlfriends and we launched from my other friend's house. His parents have a house that was close enough that it was like about a mile and a half of a paddle one way. Mm-hmm. And there was like little to no wind uh, the whole time, which was good. But on the way out, there was a little bit of wind and we were going against it. Mm-hmm. So that was a little rough. But then once we got there, it was all great. We were able to like, you know, paddle around and mingle. We ran into a couple of friends and a dog swam by and hopped up on my board and said hello. Well, it was so cute. <laughs> well, babies. Yeah, so it was a good time. We were just like hanging out. We paddled out and hung out. And then we came back and thank God we did that when we did because I almost would have missed this. So <laughs> great. <laughs> I was supposed to go to dinner with them too. And I was showering and I was like, fuck. I was like, it's almost seven o'clock. <laughs> I was like, shit. Yeah. We were going to grill, but then it's been raining so much here that there was mold growing in our grill, like fuzzy mold. Ew. So then we had to like light that shit on fire and, and plan B. So that's why, <laughs> that's why I was late. <laughs> that's gross though. Yeah. So this is the first weekend that we have been able to, um, 
basically enjoy our yard since my mom left like mid-May because the mosquitoes have been so freaking bad because it's been raining nonstop. So we murdered a bunch of mosquitoes this weekend and we got to get in our pool. So that was... (laughs) That's nice. Oh, that is nice. That's a good day. Yes. But I have been eat. Both of us have been eaten alive basically from like the whole process of getting them out of our yard, like spraying and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's awful. So I am having a well-earned beer. Oh, Um, hey, I got one over here too. What are you having? I am having. I almost forgot about mine until you said that. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I put it down. I forgot about it. I am having um, King Laird Hefeweizen. Ooh, Hefeweizen. I like Hefeweizens. Corey does not, which is funny because he's German. Um, And it's from the Mainstay Independent uh, Brewery in Philadelphia. So Fancy. Yeah. I am drinking a Yingling. (laughs) That's what I'm drinking. That's fine. America's first beer. Yeah. Yeah. Is it though? It's America's oldest brewery. I don't know if it's America's first beer. I said America's first beer thinking America's oldest brewery. Gotcha. Cheers to Memorial Day weekend. Virtual cheers. Virtual cheers. And thanks for meeting me halfway on this uh, Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, recording too on a holiday weekend. It's it's all good. Um, We're like I said, not not doing anything this weekend. Yeah. I built, I tried to build one, a bar yesterday. I saw that. How's that? It's in progress for sure. (laughs) I at least uh, have the frame set up. Mm -hmm. I just need to like really figure out the bar top situation because it's a little bit more difficult than I was anticipating. And classic Haley was a little bit ambitious per usual. So, well, and here's the thing they don't tell you about pallet furniture because we built like a pallet couch for our front porch this past year like during Mm -hmm. covid the pallets are not all the same size they're not yeah and it makes things really fucking difficult it does unless you get like brand new exactly from the same company pallets which is so but i also was like it doesn't matter if this is like a space because people are gonna be sitting here and the bar tops gonna be over it and whatever (laughs) it's for function it's not to look pretty it's just a function as a bar so not going to do that. <laughs> here's, here's our, you know, kind of our PSA for anybody who thinks they want to get all Pinteresty and make shit out of wooden pallets. It's not as easy as you think it's going to be. It's not. Just don't do it. <laughs> just buy wood. Just buy yeah. regular wood. <laughs> or just buy the bar off Wayfair, like, yeah. or something. <laughs> all right. So tangents aside yeah what are we talking about today um well we're gonna talk about something real terrible but first um we have kind of a hometown survival story actually it's more like a collection of experiences um that one of our listeners uh dad has had um working in diamond mines um wait i love this already who was it who told um, this? <laughs> so, this is a friend of mine that I met on Tumblr. We've never actually met in real life. Um, but I love this even more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've like exchanged. Um, we both like do creative writing. And so we've exchanged creative writing online for like editing and critiques and stuff like that. Um, 
And so, and we talk a lot, you know, from time to time on Tumblr um, and his name is Remus. Um, he is living on the Cook Islands, um, which is in the South Pacific, which is like super cool. So I told him if I'm ever, you know, near there around Australia or New Zealand, like I'll come, I'll come check him out. Yeah, um, do it. But his family is from Canada. Um, and so he's got, his dad has all these stories about working like way up in Northern Care. Sorry, way up in northern Canada, um, where like the northern territories are, um, which is one of the really far north provinces of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just told me about some of the experiences that his dad had. Um, it's like spooky, uh, like kind of screwed up stuff, kind of morbid stuff, kind of spooky stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 So um, his dad was working out of Yellowknife, which I think is the biggest city in the Northern Territories. Um, And when they would fly them to the diamond mine, they had to fly out on small planes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a problem in the Arctic because, you know, there's storms and stuff. (laughs) Snow And so when snowstorms came in, it was said that flying at a high altitude was too risky um, because one could easily crash into a mountain. So apparently the pilots would only fly a few hundred feet off the ground um, and narrowly miss crashing into treetops and caribou herds. And so it was a little sketchy there. (laughs) Sounds like it. Um, And so Another one that he told me about was um, the ice road. And um, so there's not a lot of actual roads in the Northwest Territories. Um, You can really only get places by flying, but you have to drive big trucks to the diamond mines. Um, And so they would drive these huge, massive trucks over frozen lakes um, because for like 40 to 50 days um, in the middle of the winter, the lakes would freeze over enough for these big trucks to drive over um, and deliver everything that they would need. Um, but there were very specific parameters for safely driving them over the ice. Um, basically, like you had to drive along a specific exact route that was like thick enough to support the trucks. Otherwise, okay. the truck would like fall into the ice and into the lake and you'd be screwed. <laughs> that relates to me as in like when I was learning to sail. Yeah. Have like the no-go zone, which is mm-hmm. like the 45 degree angle where the wind's mm-hmm. coming from. But then there's like a little quote unquote highway next to the no-go zone, which you can like hug. Yeah. And like that helps you get through. But like if you just make that small adjustment and you go into the no-go zone, then you stop going because Mm -hmm. the wind, you know, kills your sail and everything. So that's what that reminds me of. It's like, you just got to stay on the little highway to keep Mm -hmm. going. Mm Because if you like make any small adjustment, you're just stopped. But in this case, like dead. You die. Yeah. So he said that like, (laughs) basically if the drivers couldn't swim out in time, they were pretty much done for. Um, and so in the summer, um, barges would sail out, um, to salvage the trucks and the human remains from um, (gasps) the bottom of the lake. And this was something that happened like regularly, um, 
Yeah. So yeah. So like creepy stuff. Um, I bet everyone's haunted over there. I mean, you get enough death in one place and it's for sure haunted. When I was going back through our Instagram stuff and I was like recounting all of our episodes and I came across, um, the American tragedy and I saw that photo, I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Haunted is very for sure chilling. Yeah. So I'll end this with his last little, um, little story, little observation. Yeah. 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 Um, one time when he was out there and this, this happened actually a lot after, you know, he, this was like one of the first times, I guess he was, you know, out, um, at the mine, um, and he was out, um, at night in front of a bar and there was a line of large bumps of snow in front of the bar. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at them, wondering what they are. <gasps> They're um, people. Are they people? Well, the, the mounds of snow are all steaming. Because <gasps> there's warmth there because they're people. Is this dead bodies? <laughs> <laughs> so they said he says that one of the locals then whistles at all of the snow bumps, and then a full team of huskies pop out oh, of the snow. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. That's great. <laughs> I was like, damn, tell me that like people are not going to be zombies right now, and just like come out of this shit. <laughs> So those are some um, little fun and slightly very much terrifying observations from my friend Remus. Um, so thank you um, Thanks, for Remus. letting us use this on the podcast. Um, and yeah. if you have any others that you think of, send them in and we'll probably talk about the weird shit that's happened to you or your family or your friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we're definitely not limiting this to things that have just happened to you. If you have a story from your family member that's you think is a really interesting one, um, yeah, let us know. Um, and uh, you can um, send your story to one of our many, many um, social media slash ways of contacting us, um, which we will uh, drop all the handles for that at the end, end of, of the podcast. Yeah, we're going to just got to listen all the way through. That's how we get you. We're going to force you to listen um, to our sultry voices so this coming week i'm going to wyoming for my half marathon at grand tetons mm-hmm. and my parents are coming out with me yeah and so uh i hope to not have any survival stories from that but <laughs> there <laughs> there might be a good story that comes out of it <laughs> i've been to grand tetons are gorgeous um i've always do, wanted to go i've never been do you know why they're called the grand tetons they look like big, big tits. Okay. Bit, so, you know, bitties. Yeah. you know why they're called. Okay. Cause that just yeah. means big boobs in French. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just, so my, yeah, no, you're good. I just needed you to know. You're like you sweet little Haley. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 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 It's cool. It's cool. Uh, all right. Let me, um, and my dad's roll. birthday is the day after the race. So it's going to be a fun oh. little, like fun little thing. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I am zooming into the story because I'm an old lady. Apparently, you can't see very well. Got your reading glasses on there. Huh? Uh, yeah, Mary. Uh, all right, young people. I mean, we are millennials after all. We're practically geriatric, so I know, right? Which that's so fucking <laughs> stupid. Here's the thing: I, uh, it's gonna happen to Gen Z someday, and then they're gonna feel dumb, and we're gonna laugh at them. It's gonna be a good time. I should send you these Instagram reels of this one account that I follow. Well, I don't follow them. I just really like their reels and they pop up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he role plays the generation so it's like gen z millennial gen x and like he just kind of like goes through it and the most recent one i sent my friends was the um do you remember the i don't know what were they called it was like the paper fortune teller that you like oh you're like ow. pick a color and it's like blue and you like spell yeah. out blue and oh, then like called it was like pick a number and then like like oh, what are those called counted to the number and then it's like pick another number and then like you flipped it up <laughs> i forget oh. what they're called <laughs> i want to look it up right now i'm looking it up a cootie catcher a cootie catcher <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah he's got a cootie catcher and uh he was like he, it's like him as a millennial talking to gen z gen z is the one below us right yes yeah and he was like all right like pick a color like where the fuck would i pick a color he's like it tells your fortune and like he's like all right fine i guess i'll pick blue and he's like b-l-u-e he's like all right pick a number and they're like okay fine three and it's like one two three all right pick another number it's like okay fine like one and then he like flips it flips it up and it's like ooh, your fortune says you're a bitch <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so funny oh i was God. like damn good times Good times. Cootie, cootie catchers and mash. Mash. Yeah. Oh my God. And before, uh, like, we knew anything about like zodiac signs or astrology, right, like right. this was this was our fortune telling was mash yep. and cootie catcher. Yeah. How many children are you gonna have? One. Thirty. Zero. Five. A <laughs> hundred. <laughs> Back in my day, we had floppy disks. <laughs> let's get into this story now that we're uh, now that we're um now that you know sidetracked um so interesting you keep bringing up the armero tragedy um and how it completely crushed your soul it did yeah so this one might be a contender for that one oh uh, okay yeah, not as much body horror, I will say. Not as much well, body horror. I haven't horror. through the photos yet, so this is going to be very uh, uh, live for me. Well, there's no pictures of dead people this time, so. Oh, thank God. Jeez. <laughs> I even felt bad posting that one photo. I was like, I, know. I feel like a little like immoral about this right now. Yeah, but. but also- Hi, we- Waylon. <gasps> Baby Waylon. Hi, puppy. Oh my goodness, kisses. Oh, what a good boy. Um, anyway, so I kind of wanted to do this one as a precursor to the next episode. Um, oh, okay. This is supposed to be like a combined episode, but Haley's gonna do an episode, you guys. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about the next one. Yeah. Which, it'll be all right. it'll be fine (laughs) you're gonna get through it it'll be as long as as long as you have a script to follow like that's your own that you've read it'll be fine yeah yeah and then it'll be fine too because like it's uh well I'm not gonna say it but I uh I relate to like the baseline of the story yes and you you know it enough I feel like I know it enough because when it happened I followed it yeah so yeah 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 enough so um, I'll just drop, because you'll get enough of a hint from this one. Um, we're going to be talking about caving disasters, God which bless. if you remember from our very first episode where we talked about the Nettie Putty Cave incident, 
which was also just a very intense <laughs> story. That was a tragedy. Very That's much so tragedy. Um, so, but it's one of my favorite topics because caves terrify me. And so I like to talk about the stuff Same. that terrifies me. Um, because Good for I'm- you, because I don't. I avoid it. <laughs> well, obviously not enough because you're here what we're talking about yeah that's true <laughs> I like the thrill of someone else telling me about it but if it has yeah. to do with myself I'm like yeah let's not talk about let's, that let's not get stuck in a cave okay thanks mm-hmm. um but yes I'm very claustrophobic uh and it's gotten worse as an adult like I do not like being underground I do not like being in basements even sometimes I oh really yeah I don't really like being in elevators um so I don't like being on like the engine rooms of ships. I can be yeah. like below decks, but I, it's like if it's a very confined space, I don't. You like know it. what I've been having like a lot of random anxiety about for no reason recently hmm. is um, how Florida gets those random sinkholes. Yes, oh, I've been having sinkholes. like a yeah, I've been having like a really weird moment with that because there's a hole in our yard and <laughs> like it's been covered with a rock but like I just feel like that's like a random ass sinkhole that could possibly happen or just like when do people know sinkholes happen they don't know they just Mm -hmm. happen and there's a story that I read a couple years ago about like a home in Florida just like got swallowed yeah and then people like anyone that was in the house died everything was lost and I was like Dear God, that is so scary to me that that just, just happens. The ground opening up and swallowing you. Yeah. But was it on mainland Florida? Yeah. But I mean, like mainland Florida is, I mean, all of Florida is pretty like watery. Like, yeah. What you need though to have a sinkhole happen is um, like karst geology. So you need to have like a porous limestone base and cool, I cool, cool. So like the Florida Keys. I mean, off, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's like for you guys, the ocean is probably if there are like caves under there, the ocean's probably like filled it all in. Sinkholes happen when the water moves out and there's no more support for whatever's on top of it. Oh. And then it falls in. So that's why it happens more in like the mainland area. Okay. Does that make you feel better? It kind of does. I'm pretty sure that's the science behind it. I I just think that like as long as I live in Florida, my mind's going to be like random sinkhole anxiety Mm -hmm. from time to time. I mean, I'd be more worried about the hurricanes, but to each their own. I definitely am worried about the hurricanes. (laughs) Um, June is coming up quick and we will be in hurricane season before we know it. And we are going to have a hurricane season month long special on this podcast. So get excited for that. I planned it for either August or September. We are doing a month long um, celebration of hurricane survival story. Very nice. (laughs) So just when hurricane season is hitting its peak. So that's going to be a good time. But anyway, so. Let's talk about caves today, though. Let's talk about caves. Um, so the story I'm going to tell you about today is the Mossdale Cavern disaster. It looks pretty mossy. It, you know, well, it is in the UK. So, um, oh so this oh, is our okay. first little European jaunt, you know. Hey, going international. Yeah. Across the pond. Across the pond. Um, so by the 1960s, um, most things on planet Earth that were discovered 
had been discovered. And I mean, like, uh, you know, big geological landmarks, oceans, continents, islands, mountains, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. However, there were still young adventurers just itching to explore new places. And um, nowadays, the place you kind of go is underground um, to kind of see um, new and experience new places that haven't really been experienced by humans before. Um, so in the UK, this is called potholing, <laughs> um, which is just the British term for caving or spelunking. Um, and it cracks me up because in the US, um, we call the uh, parts of the road that turn into holes because they are damaged. We call them potholes. potholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so every time I hear that, I just I'm like, so you go patch up road potholes okay <laughs> cool 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 someone's got to do it yeah um so potholing was becoming popular all along among the uk's blue collar youth as a way to experience some good old-fashioned adrenaline without having to spend a ton of money on like an expedition or something like that um and the united kingdom is dotted with caves due to its karst Geology. <laughs> hey, always about the geology. Yeah, basically caves can only form in bedrock that is soft enough to dissolve when confronted with the erosion of water like limestone, which is how the majority of the United Kingdom's caves were formed. Um, so the Yorkshire Dales, um, which was in the north of England, has the largest amount of limestone caves in the country including the titular cave, the Mossdale Cavern. So set the scene. We're in the UK. It's the 1960s, mate. In it. In it. <laughs> in it. <laughs> the fucking Peaky Blinders the are fucking... <laughs> coming your way. <laughs> I know that's not probably a Yorkshire accent. I know there's like very specific regional accents, but I'm yeah. going to. I'm going to insert, not. I'm going to insert my bad, you know, British accent in here and there. It's going to happen. I Get don't ready. even, yeah, I don't know how to do accents and that's the best I got for British. So <laughs> there's that. Um, so the Mossdale Cavern is a small hole in the side of a crumbling limestone cliff out on the Conestone Moor, um, which is a big, like, almost like a mossy peaty grassland kind of area I yeah it looks like, like it Wuthering heights like scotland you know just beautiful it looks pretty there's like yeah. a little babbling brook through it yeah yeah and that's actually what caused the carved the caves out is that um little creek or river that runs through the hillside i love it yeah, it's very picturesque. Very scenic, um, yeah. Yeah, sure. so the stream disappears into the mouth of the cave. Um, and this cave has been rated super severe as it is notorious for being dangerous. And some passages have been seen um, by fewer people than have been on the moon. So, so I don't know about you, but that just tells me that I should not go there. <laughs> Again, with like the whole spelunking thing. Like, just if you got to squeeze through it, just maybe not go there. Yeah. Yeah. If less people have been here than on the moon, maybe not go there. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. Less people have been to most of the deep sea. And if I ever got a chance to go down to the deep sea, I would totally fucking do it, even though I'm super claustrophobic. But you would do it in a submarine. Yeah. That's like, I feel like that's a controlled environment. Yeah, but if something goes wrong, you're screwed. That's for sure. (laughs) So the cave is entered through a crevice in the limestone cliff. Uh, Cavers will crawl for seven miles underground, often in squeezes only inches high. And if um, you remember our first episode, um, squeezes are basically um, very narrow crevices in the rock where you can fit your human body through it but you but you probably to, shouldn't you probably shouldn't <laughs> yeah um and this is something that uh intense like actual spelunkers encounter very often um so the cave was first explored in the 1940s by bob leakey a famous um uk caver um he did a solo exploration of the caverns which some say was a feat of madness um and the reason for this is because this is a very wet cold muddy cave with really impossible to traverse squeezes so the squeezes always are very the muddy intense. cave always that's always the ones that you know get people it's never the big beautiful like show caves it's always these um so just don't go in holes in the ground you guys just don't do it it's not a good idea. Would not recommend. Um, and so if you can see from the pictures uh, on slide two, um, this is kind of what it's like caving in the Mossdale Caverns. Slide and these are oh, modern day pictures. Feet and his face. Ooh. And there's yeah. a lot of water. Yeah, there's a lot of water. It looks uh, very uh, damp around Yes, it's basically like you're crawling um, on your hands and knees or on your belly, basically, through a stream. So how deep, how deep is this? Because, like, clearly this guy on the right of these photos is, uh, like, up to his chest, but it also looks like he's crouching. So maybe if he stood up straight, he'd be, like, three foot I'm pretty sure he's on his stomach. Oh! Yeah. So he's literally crawling through what like a human-sized tunnel oh he is on his stomach i had to zoom in oh yeah okay but okay so with that angle Uh uh-huh that's probably like what a foot and a half two feet of water um i would say a couple of inches inches Mm -hmm. because if it was a foot he'd he'd be like swimming he'd be drowned basically oh that's also true which, you know, is some yeah, and you can kind of see. Oh, stop. <laughs> Ugh, drowning is like my worst way to go. Mm. That and burn, being burnt alive. I'd rather drown than be burned alive, I think. I would rather be burnt alive than drown. Really? Yeah. I would not want to have like the, I like, I don't know. I feel like if I'm drowning, like I consciously know like I am suffocating and I can't. Like I'm gonna go unconscious. I but, mean, like, but you but being burnt al- when you burn alive too. I know. I'm like, but being burnt alive, I'm like, uh, I like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. And you're gonna <laughs> feel yourself getting crispy. The pain that yeah. you would experience. I'd rather drown because you know you suffocate in both circumstances. But when you're drowning, at least you're in cool water. Yeah, I don't know. I also though drowning. 
like you might have a chance of being uh like resuscitated yeah if, if they get you but if you survive like getting burnt and your You're body fucked. is so ruined at that point okay so maybe i take back this statement yeah i've thought about this one a lot yeah this all makes sense <laughs> i, I want to retract my statement <laughs> Oh, yeah, I would rather, yeah, okay, I'd rather drown. I'd rather not die anyway, but. I mean, I'd like to die in my sleep, but I do like playing these games where it's like, what if, what would you rather? Yeah, the, the quicker and less painful is the better mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. So he looks like he's a, ooh, excuse me, I'm yawning. Sorry, guys, it's almost nine o'clock here, which means it's almost my bedtime. <laughs> um he looks like he's in six inches of water Mm -hmm. and he's just he's happy as a clam he really is he's got a smile on his face he's rolling through it he's Mm -hmm. crawling through it and Mm -hmm. what's the goal here is there like an out point or is it like a loop um so they haven't fully mapped the caverns yet okay is and this is just like a, a recreational guy like he's not a guy that can map the cavern right um, in this case, we'll actually talk about those specific pictures later. Okay. Um, cause those are from modern day. Um, but this is, these have been taken by the white role, white rose potholders club. Um, and they are actually mapping the caves as we speak. So it's, nice. it's recreational in the sense they're not getting paid to do it. Um, but they're very much professional in the knowledge base. Um, and that's how a lot of caving communities kind of are. It's not like there's a lot of funding to map caves. Um, so it's more of a scientific endeavor more than anything else. Um, cool. Yeah. So, but uh, Bob Leakey was the first down there. Um, and so in the 1940s, there wasn't really any clothing to protect cavers from the long-term effects of exposure like usually when you go into probably yeah when you go into these wet caves you want like a wetsuit at the very least um and you know something neoprene um and so leaky didn't have any of that and he was only using candles and bike lamps for light um and he spent several days underground sleeping in the small muddy passages um while he was exploring this cave um Mossdale is also prone to flooding. Um, as you could see, the passages are tiny and a little bit of rain could send its small stream into a massive torrent. Um, but Leakey managed to traverse the passages all by himself. But if anything had gone wrong, no one would have been able to help him, basically. Good God, I hate that feeling. Yeah. Um, so... Many cavers have avoided Mossdale entirely, um, as it's not really a pretty cave. There are no big open caverns with the glittering stalactites and stalagmites. So for many, there isn't really a good reason to go. Not to mention the passages are absolutely brutal, um, including the water-filled squeeze called Marathon or the Knee Wrecker, which is kind of self-explanatory. I would hate... So first of all, going back to the Nutty Putty episode, I would hate going through a squeeze in the first place, but then add water to it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm like, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. But so fascinating. 
Um, <laughs> okay, but it, it is. is. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I want other people to do it and tell me about it. Um, I know, right? Tell me how you <laughs> tell me how you did it. That's, that's really what I want to know. So many people, including another very experienced caver, Jim Air, declared that Mossdale was a death trap. Um, but with those for those um, with something to prove, Mossdale had an undeniable magnetic draw. And this goes back to that very first episode of like, why do people go here in the first place? Well, because nobody has seen it. And they just want to know. They just want to know. I feel that way about like Antarctica and like islands out in the middle of the ocean. I do not feel that way about caves. It is a hole in the ground. What else is there? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I have no desire to go down holes. Mm -hmm. I also... (laughs) I think I'm just like afraid of the dark too. No, me too. Absolutely. I think that's part of it. I was like, I would rather not, like night diving. Mm-hmm. I don't think I haven't gotten my night dive certification. Yeah, me neither. And I don't know if I ever will. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get past it. Yeah. It's that's just, I think um, part of my claustrophobia comes from also not being able to see my surroundings. So when I'm diving in yes. murky water or dark water, I feel claustrophobic even though there's a ton of space around me I just have like that looming anxiety of something bad's gonna happen and I can't see yep like my exit point even though like logically you know diving at least your exit point is above you right but like in other situations like on land underground Mm -hmm. like anything it's like where where is it (laughs) what's happening can I leave (laughs) I always like to have an exit strategy it is like that's me for yeah. sure yeah so the leeds university union speleological 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 that five times fast Jeez. speleological society it just basically means spelunking society that's what it means (laughs) that's what that's what we're trying to say (laughs) sought to do something um that bob leakey and his two protégés never managed to do to map the cave systems and hope to win the caving club some serious credentials nice yeah so they worked with leakey's memory of the cave to begin to determine the best places to go um in places that leakey believed wouldn't flood um So now in the 1960s, armed with special new neoprene wetsuits, Mottsdale, although an incredibly difficult cave, could be endured somewhat better. And the Leeds um, Spelunking Society, I'm not going to try to say that again. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) it's just going to be the the Spelunking Society from now on, um, could uh, endure that somewhat better. um, And so they went to go map the cave. Um, So the mapping expedition attracted eight young men and two young women from three different caving clubs across the country. Uh, The group was led by the 26-year-old Dave Adamson, um, who was the oldest and the most experienced. Uh, Their goal was to blast through, um, and I'm assuming with some kind of... yeah. I'm assuming with some kind of dynamite or explosive, um, they wanted to blast through a blocked passage called the mini mini cow passage. And the others would be there to ferry the gear to Adamson and his friend, 
Boro, who would be leading the main plunge into the darkness. I don't know why it was called the mini cow passage, so I don't have an answer for you there. Did cows go through there? I mean, I know you don't have an answer, but maybe cows went through there? I doubt it. Oh. I mean, you've seen pictures of the cave. Yeah, so no. I'm like 99% sure that's not why. Yeah, 100% (laughs) for sure. I'd like to see a cow try. (laughs) There's an island around here called Cow Key. And it's like, I guess that was the uh, quarantine island for the cows that came through. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they call it Cow Key. That makes sense. And so I'm looking at my... I'm looking at my race bib right now too because Kauki Bridge is like I think it's like 900 feet mm-hmm. and like they have a they have a Kauki Bridge run on the same day as the seven mile bridge run and the Kauki Bridge run was made to make fun of the people that did the seven mile bridge run yeah and like in 2020 seven mile was canceled because of COVID but the Kauki one still went on because it was like right before Mm-hmm. and they were also doing they were also doing construction on the bridge and so mm-hmm. the theme of the bridge was utter construction no and like everybody <laughs> get out and everybody yeah and everybody dressed up as like construction workers or like cows you had to have a like it's a theme like everyone's dressed up as cows but then they also had like you know construction worker hats on and like neon vests and everything oh my god that sounds like that was a cow tangent but that sounds like my kind of marathon to be honest because I do not run (laughs) yeah I could do that like I have the bib it's hanging on my wall yeah I have a little metal like someone bought like metals from the dollar store and just stuck a sticker on it so got that all right back to the mini yeah so that was where my brain was out (laughs) yeah sorry i was like when we heard cows that's that's where my brain went (laughs) it's all good so the weather was good the day of the expedition but thunderstorms were forecasted for later on the two women decided to back out of the main expedition upon hearing the weather um as well as two students cunningham and shepherd who came from the Bolton Happy Wanderers Club, which is the cutest name for a caving club I've ever heard. <laughs> Happy Wanderers. Happy Wanderers. Um, they decided that the weather conditions were too risky, but Adamson decided that he needed their insistence. But had Adamson decided that he needed their assistance, they would have pushed through their uneasiness. It turned out that they were the lucky ones. Ooh. So... So Cunningham and Shepard did decide to go into the cave, taking the two women, Colette Lord and Morak Forbes, who was engaged to Adamson, into a safer passage of the cave because they still wanted to experience the cave. Um, So Mm -hmm. the two groups split at the entrance um, and the four who opted out of the main mapping expedition emerged from the cave around 5 p.m. Adamson and the five other cavers were not due to be back before midnight. So Cunningham and Shepard drove Colette back into town to go to the pub, get a few beers and wait. Like hang out. Yeah. Just wait for the rest of them to come out. And Morak waited for her fiance when it started to rain. Oh no. Yeah. Flash flood. Is this a flash flood? Kinda. Yeah. Oh Um, no. 
So the rain soon became torrential, forcing Marak to take shelter in a nearby barn. Um, meanwhile, the stream that flowed into the cave, which was called the Mossdale Beck, was quickly rising. By the time she checked the cave entrance for a second time, there was a lake of water covering the cave entrance. She ran over two miles to a nearby farm and called Jesus. the police. Good for it, her. Yeah, it was 11 p.m. at oh, this no. point. And they weren't due back for another hour. Hour, yeah. I'm looking at the map that's on this right now. Uh, the map of the cave? Yeah. yeah. So the Upper Wharfdale Fell Rescue Team, which was like a cave rescue team, scrambled to contact members of the United Kingdom Cave Rescue Organization because they were going to need all the help they could get if they were going to get anywhere um, with rescuing. Well, these. and I'm sure it's similar to the States where there's not a lot of rescuers. So yeah. like anyone that's certified just kind of comes if they're yeah. close enough, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so usually it's, it's you know, cavers rescuing other cavers, you know. Yeah. We don't have, like, a trained cave rescue team in the sense that, like I said, it's recreational. They don't get paid for the rescue, you know, so it's... it's right, it's not like it, they're lifeguards and they're just hanging around mm -hmm. the quote-unquote pool yeah, <laughs> until someone needs their help. It's yeah. like you, they have to call them in. Right, right. So... Like I said earlier, this cave hadn't been mapped, um, and so they didn't really have a good idea of the layout of the cave anyway. Um, and furthermore, it would be pretty dangerous even for the rescuers because the cave entrance was already flooded. But the cavers came from your nearby Yorkshire, Lan Lancashire, Lancashire. Lancaster? Lan no, it's Lancashire. Oh, okay. Um, Derbyshire and Cheshire. Um, the rain continued to pour, and in the darkness, Mossdale was still submerged in a lake. Um, there mm -hmm. was hope, however, that the caving party had managed to find a dry spot in the cave. <clears throat> hope. So, um, so as the sun rose, a combination of manpower and large tractors began to build a diversion ditch to drain the water from the mouth of the cave, the ditch was six feet wide, 10 feet deep, and 100 yards long, and a 10-foot dam was constructed as well to hold off any additional rain. The dam was huge, all things considered that they were able to do that in a night. Damn! That's damn. a big-ass dam. She thick. Damn, she thick, boy. <laughs> So it was huge, all things considered. Like they did this in a night and they used 10,000 sandbags to construct this thing, um, but it was unstable, unfortunately. So if you can see on the last slide, there's a picture of the volunteers um, working to divert water and build the dam um, in front of the cave entrance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah that's like sandbagging dam. Yeah. So there were like a ton of people there too. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. So Jim Eyre had mentioned many times that he thought Mossdale was a death trap um, and continued to refuse to enter its depths. But now 
As one of the most experienced cavers on the rescue team, he was preparing to go down into the flooded, muddy passages. Um, once they had managed to stem the the flow of and the what water. year was this again? This was in the sixties. Okay. Um, this was in nineteen sixty-seven. This happened on the twenty-fourth of June, nineteen sixty-seven. Um, and I did not add that into my script because I'm, you know. <laughs> It's fine. We're doing it now. They got it now. <laughs> um, so late in the morning, assisted by fire pumps from 19 fire trucks, the fire, not the fire, the water was finally falling. Um, Air and his sleep deprived team then entered the cave because they had been there trying to dig out, you know, the trench and, and build a dam. And so they haven't gotten any sleep at this point. Mm -hmm. um cunningham and shepherd who had been in the cave earlier had volunteered to go on the rescue mission potentially out of regret or out of solidarity for their missing friends but they were on the team um, that went into the cave um so as they climbed into the passages they saw the flood debris throughout the cavern from the stream that flowed into it and they saw foam like foam from the water on the roof of the cave, Ooh, which was not a good sign. That's not, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. They made it as far as the end of the rough chamber, which is roughly the size of a room. Um, and one of the few passages in Mossdale where it is actually possible to stand. Um, the marathon passway passageway um which i described earlier as a brutal hands and knees squeeze was mm -hmm. still filled with water gurgling as air bubbles rose from further on in the passage um, they were forced to wait for a few hours in the rough chamber until the water fell further listening for echoes and splashes from their friends who they knew were still trapped inside they also, too, the rescue team had to hope that the dam would continue to hold or else they might meet a similar fate as well. Um, so they weren't out of danger either. Damn. So a very sticky situation. So once the water sank, they began moving into Marathon Passage. It's a 10-inch high, two feet wide squeeze that lasts for 900 feet. Damn. So it's about the same length as the, your your cow cow key bridge. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> but you gotta do it on your hands and knees. <laughs> hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. Yeah, two inch or ten inch high. I don't. I'm not. I, I don't couldn't. think I can get that. Like I can't get that low. My titties wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't. Like they stick out too far. Like ah, more no. than ten inches. Yeah, for sure. While going through the squeeze, basically, if they met survivors, there would be no way that they would be able to pass them because the squeeze was so small. Mm -hmm. um, so they would have to go out backwards. Somebody would have to go either deeper into the cave backwards or the people coming into rescue would have to go back out backwards in order for anybody to pass. Oh, yikes. So that just gives you an idea of how very tight the space was yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 
So Tony Waltham, who was a London-based caver, came upon the first two bodies jamming the passage. So this was in the Marathon Passage. Because the squeeze was so small, they were forced to crawl over the bodies in a very intimate way. Ooh. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I don't like this. It's not a fun time. I mean, that's not the point of any of these stories. I know. <laughs> Last week we talked about cannibalism in a very cruel way. I was telling my boss how, like, when you tell me these stories, it's literally right before I go to bed. So I'm Yay. like, these are my these are my bedtime stories. It's only once every two weeks, though. So. Yeah, it's fine. Just fucks me up for two weeks. Then <laughs> I get another one to fuck me right back over. It's fine. Uh, so yes, they were forced to crawl over the bodies and then they found three more bodies further on. Members of the rescue team began vomiting and Waltham managed to get the message back to air saying, go back, Jim, they're dead. Yeah, I mean, I would vomit too, yeah. honestly. So five of Adamson's team were declared dead, including Adamson himself. They had found his body, but there was no sign. Yeah. There was no sign of the sixth caver john ogden but there was little time to look for him as air had received the message that the dam was visibly shaking now and had collapsed twice oh no under the weight of the water so the rescuers waiting outside had literally rushed to form human barriers with their own bodies oh stop it oh my god the water from rushing back into the cave And so the rescuers in the cave thought it was possible that he may still be alive, um, the missing caver, um, in some area of the cavern that was high enough to escape the flooding. So they decided to um, leave the cave for the night um, and go back the following day because the dams were just too unstable at that point. They were risking the lives of the rescuers. So that night they consulted Bob Leakey, um, who decided to go on the second rescue attempt the following morning. Um, But even he, who had spent several days in this dangerous cave by himself all those years ago, was forced to turn back as well. Rescuers continued to comb the cave, knowing that it was possible that Ogden had been completely flushed out of the cave as well. So um, with every cave where there's an active stream flowing through it, at some point there is a place where the stream comes out um, back into, I guess, open air. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was possible that they would find his body um, further you know, away um, where the stream popped back out out of the ground. Um, but it wasn't until 10 p.m. that they spotted him. It was by his golden ring. That's the first thing they saw was the Aww. golden ring on his finger. That's sad. And then they found a boot protruding from a fissure. Um, Ogden had managed to jam himself high into an impossibly narrow wedge in the rock. And it's likely thought that he was up there fighting for the last inch of air before he too drowned. Stop. That's so sad. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. So I, I told you this one is 
Yeah, that's like a panic move. Yes. But like, what else are you supposed to do? I know. No, no, I know. Yeah. That's, that's what, yeah. Yeah. Like every, like every last second of your life, you're fighting for it. Yeah. But that's why they didn't see him the first couple of times they went through. Yeah. Cause yeah. Damn. Um, so the cave rescue mission turned into a retrieval mission, but after four long days of work and due to the impossible narrowness of the cave, the bodies could not be retrieved. Mostel Cavern was permanently sealed and was to be treated like a grave, like the Nutty Putty Cave Nutty, was. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Very similar. Um, the report on the rescue concluded, never has so much been done by so many people for such a small reward. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So the um, victims of this tra- tragedy um, was David Adamson, who was 26, uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey uh, Borio, who was 24. So young. Yeah, William Frakes, who was just 19, John Ogden, who was 20, uh, Michael Ryan, who was 17, and Colin Vickers, who was 23. They're all so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, caving is definitely a young man's game um, just because yeah. of the physicality that you have to do. And also, when you're young, you're a little bit crazier. <laughs> you know yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah you're you're willing to uh take more risks i think um so many rescuers wear their time at mosdale like a badge of honor to their fallen comrades saying i was at mosdale um, many rescuers also visit the cave on the anniversary anniversary of the tragedy in memorial morak forbes refuses to talk about the incident Um, as her husband was um, one of the cavers that died. So while the cave was officially sealed off um, in the 1970s, um, some friends of the lost cavers broke into the cave to move the remains to a higher cavern named the Sanctuary. It's thought that this location is out of the reach of floods, so it's unlikely that the remains will be disturbed here. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So today, though the cave is still officially sealed, there are rumors and actually more than rumors that cavers have broken in to continue mapping and exploring the cave, um, like the Leeds Caving Club or a young man named Simon Beck, who is a 29 year old who continues to this day to post blogs about his adventures in the Mossdale Cavern. So if you want to go check that out. Oh, we can go check can. it out. Yeah. So Simon Beck okay. still enters Mossdale to this day and has been instrumental in mapping out the complex system. Um, and as of writing this, his last blog update was October 2nd, 2020, but I wrote this a while ago so he probably has another update since then and you can go you know check his blog out it's really interesting and that's actually where these photos um of the cave that i showed you um, okay people were crawling through that's where that's from it's from his yeah because i tried to find more photos from the 1967 incident mm-hmm. and there's not a lot Mm-mm. yeah that's why I didn't have a lot for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's understandable. There's yeah. really nothing 
mirror so it makes sense so but he has like gone in and he has like video of going into the cave and everything you can go on youtube and um and i'll I'll give you the um references for that if you wanted to go check that out yeah it's fascinating and terrifying um i bet yeah um so while the draw of this deadly hole in the ground is undeniable to more adventurous cavers cavers like beck are still aware of the dangers and avoid the burial cavern um or the sanctuary out of respect so they don't go into areas where the remains of the Mossdale tragedy are. Um, But like Everest, Mossdale will always be there and people will always want to go there. Um, And someday this cave may claim more victims. I'm sure it's going to claim more victims. Yeah. The next thing you know, the sanctuary is just going to be its own little graveyard up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very tragic but also like really hey guys maybe let's not go into caves <laughs> like maybe let's just not do that anymore mm-hmm. it's the final frontier it's it is caves, yeah. space and the deep ocean deep sea. yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense so you know what the- blows my mind is like cave animals yes i think we've talked about this i think we talked about this for like the nutty putty episode too yeah but, like ca- cave animals does blow my mind because they have so like their senses are heightened because they're mm-hmm. like blind they have ex- mo- a lot of them are blind right and yeah. like a lot of them like their hearing sensory is like t- turned up max yeah right yeah and like feeling and stuff Ooh. they got all these like appendages it's weird yeah so i think the official scientific name for cave dwelling animals are troglobites oh yeah that makes sense yeah and um so i know in texas there are a lot of troglobites that are specifically native to only very specific texan caves um and Mm. you know like one of them is like the texan cave salamander which basically is this all-white salamander and it has no eyes or the eyes are vegetal so they're useless and then mm-hmm. it has these really crazy big red gills um, to take advantage of oxygen, as much oxygen as they can, because usually water in cave systems is very low oxygen content. See, that's what's so crazy to me about cave animals is mm-hmm. like they they just adapt yep. and they thrive in that environment. Yep. And it's just like an environment that no one really needs to go into. <laughs> Right. And, and sadly, they're being impacted by, you know, human influence as well. Um, yeah. You know. So then that's another thing, too. So like Luray Caverns that are like these show caverns, right? Mm-hmm. Are there troglobites there? Or do you think that they kind of left because they're, it's like so heavily trafficked by humans? Um, I think with Luray Caverns, it's so close to the surface that a troglobite like that would not be able to adapt and develop in like an enclosed system for a long time. Right. So it'd just be Um, like a normal salamander then. Yeah. Or like they have bats in Luray Caverns. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Typically, you don't have bats in caves unless they have a pretty good connection to the surface because bats go out at night to feed. Um. But yeah, so the cave salamanders um, that I was talking about, I think they exist um, 
pretty deep in a, in a water-filled cave. Um, so, so you can apparently buy cave salamanders. Yes. Um, we. <laughs> it says cave salamander for sale. Yeah. Um, so we had a uh, blind cave fish at the Virginia Living Museum. Do you remember so, that? Uh, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. The cave yeah. is there because I remember. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so um, you can buy cave critters online. Is the thing you can do. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, here's the Texas one. I see it. White with yeah. the red gills. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So it lives in the Edwards Aquifer, which is near San Marcos, um, which is kind of okay. like in between Austin and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the biggest issue nowadays is that pollution of the water and then also the overuse of the aquifer um, due to like growth of you know humid needs and cities basically threatens the survival of you know these very specific endemic species Um, so even though you live deep dark in a cave and don't have any contacts with anybody you can still get screwed over by us humans (laughs) that's so wild yeah yeah, so um, let me do my sources before I forget. Yeah, do your sources while I look at salamanders. <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest source for this for me um, was a article called What Lies Beneath the Mossdale Caving Disaster. Um, and this was by Ray Kershaw from The Independent. Um, and then the other one is called... Um, remembering Mossdale 50 years on. Um, and this is by John Conway. Um, and this is from the website Darkness Below, which is a UK uh, caving website. And then um, if you want to go see Simon Beck's blog and um, watch some videos um, to see what it's actually like to go into the cave, you can go to the legend session by Simon Beck on blog blog spot. Um, and I will put a link to that in the episode description um, for this episode. Um, but seriously, go check that out because it is fascinating and terrifying. Yeah, maybe um, I'll check that out tomorrow when I'm not about to go to sleep. Yeah, it's called The Legend Session. Um, and oh, would you look at that? His latest post was April 20th. So check that's that out a month recent. ago. Yeah. yeah. So he's not dead yet. I'm just kidding. Not dead yet. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was the Mossdale Cavern disaster, and we will kind of continue this talk of caves and caving disasters on the next episode. Before we go, um, let's talk about uh, the good things that happened to us this week or may happen. Um, just, you know, one good thing so we can move away from this tragic tragic scary story yeah yeah well i mean today was pretty top notch top Mm -hmm. tier day Mm -hmm. and in fact so one of the ladies that we ran in today uh that we were talking to is one of the ladies that come to our office to clean our office Mm -hmm. and she was just saying like you know today is like a top 10 day and i was Mm -hmm. like you know what i'm gonna say that to you every time you come into the office now and we say hey how's your day going i'm just gonna say top 10 day wouldn't have it any other way (laughs) it's cute it is super cute um but yeah no today was like seriously a great day we Mm -hmm. uh 
were able to launch from my friend's parents' house, which thank God that he let us do that there because it's a summer home for his parents. So they're not, they're not there mm-hmm. and he's not here either. And um, so we launched from their house and it was a mile and a half paddle out to the fun times and mm-hmm. hung out at the fun times for a couple hours. I got burnt. I did. <laughs> I got a nasty ass watch Chan too. Um, but yeah, I, um, sun, sun got me good. I got got mm-hmm. by the sun today, mm-hmm. but it was fun time. and um I'm glad I did it but uh, yeah no it was good just had a good paddle so like round trip was three miles but we hung out listened to some music drank some drinks hung out with some friends um on the water which like I hardly ever get to go out on the water even though I have a paddle board it's just like paddling is like a wind thing if you had yes not really much of a wind thing with the boat but paddling is very much a wind thing yeah Um, I'm a I'm a kayaker so I know Um, yeah that's why we don't go out all the time either yeah but the wind was pretty dead when we started it was like I don't know three knots it wasn't mm-hmm. bad and it was about the same when yeah. we were trying. it was good yeah. um so that was like today and then I built the bar trying to build the bar yesterday. <laughs> it's it's getting there I mean it's progress right we'll see what happens yeah. I'm, I'm just trying my best at this point um it's just been a day or a weekend a long weekend of house projects yeah yeah what it's been. and then next week i go to wyoming to do my half marathon at the grand tetons yay so super stoked about that and then mm-hmm. the day after the race is my dad's birthday so parents are coming out we're gonna do dad's birthday out in wyoming it's gonna be a fun time yeah that sounds fun yeah be good yeah so we've had a pretty chill weekend our friends are coming up over tomorrow to enjoy our little 10 foot pool for memorial day and we're gonna Corey's gonna smoke some ribs which i'm super excited about love it i know it's a good time um but uh my happy thing this week was that i have a beer named after me that was so nice i saw that i was like wait i love this yeah super cute jilly's ale Jilly's Ale. Well, it's funny because we were trying to come up with like a better name for it and then we just never did. So now it's just Jilly's Ale. And don't um, you hate being called like any other nickname besides Jillian? Uh, it's not that I hate it. Um, I think I used to when I was younger, but now I don't really mind. And Jilly okay. is like my childhood nickname. Okay, so that's yeah. different. I hate when people get my name wrong, like call me Julia or Julianne. Or, and that happened that Julian that helped it happens like all the time or like it's Jillian yeah <laughs> thank you very much there's an I there but okay <laughs> sure 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 <laughs> so the story behind this is um one of my dad's really good friends um has been home brewing pretty much since I was born um and he has gotten pretty freaking good like he's won a lot of rewards for it um, especially in the like Hampton Roads, Norfolk area. Um, oh, no where shit, really? Live. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. So he's part of the uh, homebrew club there, and we've gone to events with him. Um, but as a wedding gift to Corey and I, he um, basically brewed us six kegs, I believe. I think it was six nice. of homebrew. And so we got to go to their house and um, try all the stuff he had, pick out what we liked, and then brew our own beer, which ended up being Jilly's Ale. I love that. Um, which is, it's an amber ale. 
Um, so if you're into kind of the middle of the road, kind of slightly malty, slightly hoppy, kind of, it's a very drinkable beer. Um, I'd love to have some one day. Yeah. I, you might have at the wedding. I think I might have, but also I can't remember. I have a really bad memory. (laughs) Your wedding popped up on my memories recently too. I sent you that screenshot of all of us. Yeah. And I was going through my Instagram memories and I had like a video of your tables and how Mm -hmm. you were at the mummy chog table. Yes. And I was like, oh, I love it. It was so cute how you guys had it themed like that. I love it. Yes, but not too themed. That was the goal. Um, But yeah, yeah, that was the other thing that happened. My, uh, our wedding anniversary was on the 26th. Um, so this Wednesday. And so we just went out to dinner, but because, you know, we're going to Maui soon, we're trying to keep it pretty low key, but Maui back to the beer. So, (laughs) um, so my dad's friend is opening up, he's retired military. He's opening up a, um, brew pub um with a local chef in smithfield which is where i fucking love smithfield it's where all the hams come from yeah pretty good bacon so if you're into meat smithfield's cool gosh you know i went on a date in smithfield one time when Mm -hmm. i was living in virginia beach and um i forget what the name of the place was but that was a great date and it was in (laughs) the field and it was like on the water it was like and it was so great. And I really wish I could remember that because when I think of Smithfield, that's what I think of. Yeah. It's very pretty historic town on the water, but it's coastal. still kind of, yeah. Yeah. still kind of country though. Um, so yeah, country coastal. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So if you're in Virginia or North Carolina and you want to check out a new place and support a veteran owned business, um, go check out it's called um the red point tap house um and they are the one of the first beers that they are brewing is going to be jilly's ale um or jilly's amber so go there go have a jilly's amber and have a good time that's my psa that's a plug yeah i mean i got a plug you know (laughs) It's yeah, my beer. Sure. It's your it's beer. My beer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You've got to. Yeah. Um, Can you sponsor right. us now? Like, just add us as a tag on everything? Like, hey. Yeah. If you want to go listen to two girls talk about really awful things, go check them out. Go check them out. Um, so, speaking of where people can check us out, yes. And so. slash submit uh, stories to, please slide into DMs at mother nature will kill you podcast on instagram and on twitter we are m n w k y podcast that's our twitter handle Mm -hmm. and then on instagram like i said before mother nature will kill you podcast and then our internet site is mother nature will kill you podcast.com and on there is a contact form that you can fill out to contact us as well so we got a lot of options for you guys, but mm-hmm. if you want to slide into our DMs, go for it. I'm giving you um, consent for that. Yes. <laughs> consent is required. Yeah. Just no um, dick pics, please. No dick pics. Okay. Thanks. Um, no vagina pics either. I don't yeah, know. It goes both ways. I don't want any of that. I don't, I don't want to see anyone's, <laughs> anyone's private parts. Um, uh-uh. So, uh, and then also on the website, um, you can listen to us there. Um, you can also listen to us on like Spotify, on iTunes podcasts, 
um, or Apple Podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. Google couple- Podcast. That's another yeah. one. Yeah, Google Podcast. Um, and then um, on the website as well, if you want, there are additional show notes and all of the pictures that we talk about. So if you want more information about all of that, um, go check out the webpage. That's um, it. Yeah. And then on Instagram, I've been making highlight reels of things mm-hmm. for each episode, which is, I think it's pretty useful for what we talk about as well. Yeah. A good little overview of what we talk about each episode. So if you're yeah. new to the podcast and want to listen to us, go to our Instagram and you can click on our highlight reels and see essentially what each episode is about. And you can just figure out which one you want to listen to that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lots of places to find us. Please send us your stories. And if you don't want us to use your name, please let us know. Yeah. Because uh, we want to respect everyone's privacy. For sure. All right. So I think we're wrapping this up. Uh, is this the time when I say stay safe, but most of all? Stay curious, explorers. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that the end and if you want, but I was like making sure that that's what I actually had to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this whole time I was like thinking about, I was like, shit, what is it again? What is it? I was like, I think it's just, I think it's just as simple. It's as simple. It's as simple. Yeah. So as we're wrapping it up, we will end with our little goodbye mm-hmm. message, which is stay safe, but most of all, Stay curious, explorers. See ya. Get the fuck out of here.